We are in Amos, finishing up chapter 6 and going into uh, chapter 7 tonight. Amos chapter 6. And uh, verse 13, ye which rejoice in a thing of naught, which say, we have not taken... Have we not taken to us horns by our own strength? But behold, I will raise up against you a nation, O house of Israel, saith the Lord, the God of hosts, and they shall afflict you from the entering in of Hamath unto the river of the wilderness. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, uh, uh, we thank you for your mercy so great. And, and we come to you again, and we look forward to, uh, to your spirit speaking to us, God. I Pray for the filling of your spirit. Pray for Sister Sam, the nursery, for the filling of your spirit. Just uh, bless there and help us, God. I pray for those online with us. We're thankful for that. Uh, bless and give uh, understanding. And, and Lord, our desire is just to, to, to hear your word, to understand it, to grow from it, to apply it to our hearts and lives. God, to glorify your name and to be, in whatever way we can be, a help to those around us in bringing them to Christ and in helping them to grow uh, as well. and So, Father, um, help us, please, in these things. We're thankful that we could lay our requests before your throne as you have directed us. And, and Lord, we look forward to uh, how you will move, how you will work, and, and uh, for our good and for your glory in these things. And so, Father, uh, we thank you, we praise you, and uh, we're thankful that we can worship you tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> So we have seen in uh, chapter 6 that uh, they continue, Israel does, in their flagrant, uh, uh, illustrious living. Uh, uh, they uh, commenced shamelessly and without any empathy uh, toward those who they were oppressing and uh, even robbing the, continuing to rob the poor uh, of, of their living and just going right on and uh, like that's okay, you know, and enjoying their, enjoying their riches. We saw last week that their callous depression was kind of likened to that of, of, uh, of, of Joseph's brothers when they sold him into Egypt, how they, you know, sat down and had lunch after throwing him into the pit and hearing him cry for help and such, and uh, very, just very calloused. And, and uh, uh, we saw that in verse 6, they drink wine in bowls, anoint themselves with the chief ointments, but they are not greed for the affliction of Joseph. <laughs> Uh, they didn't really care about the, their nation, uh, the northern kingdom, uh, and uh, what was going on there, much like the brothers didn't really care about Joseph uh, there. What a, what, a, what a sad, sad thing. And so God had been encouraging them through Amos to turn. Uh, if you will turn, I will, you know, I will uh, bless, I will, uh, I will help. Uh, but now we, uh, we saw a, a, a turning in that. Uh, where God has uh, drawn a line in, in chapter 6 and verse 8. The Lord God has sworn by himself, saith the Lord, the God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore will I deliver up the city with all that is therein. So uh, God has sworn now the judgment's going to come and, uh, and they're going to have to get ready to, to deal with that. Uh, they have ignored uh, his pleadings uh, time and again, and we'll see that uh, going on, kind of repeated in, uh, in chapter uh, 7 here. Uh, 
So he, what he says in, uh, uh, I need to explain 13 and 14 a little bit more. I didn't address those last week. Amos 6, 13 and 14. Uh, which rejoice in the thing of naught, which say, have we not taken to us horns by our own strength? Uh, what, is, what are they referring to there? Well, we know that uh, God had recently blessed them uh, through Jeroboam. They had extended their borders. And uh, uh, matter of fact, Hamath uh, uh, in Syria was one of those that they had gained, and they were under control of that. That was uh, their, nor their, their, their northern border there. And so, uh, and who did that? By the way, God did, didn't he? Bible says he, he felt they were under such oppression and, and, and just out of his grace and his, his mercy he, he decided to give them some relief and, 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 and some sort of relief and, and extended their borders and, uh, but what did they do? Have not we taken to us horns or that's the Bible picture of strength and, and uh, be the conquering of nations here he said, have, or the, the city there he says have not we taken unto us horns by our own strength look what we've done we have extended our borders. Haven't we brought ourselves to this? And so here God is, you know, feeling sorry for them. Uh, they're not worthy of, of his mercy to begin with. He goes ahead and does it, and they say, well, look what we've done, you know. And uh, it's amazing. And uh, I saw, I saw a, uh, a cartoon picture uh, uh, a while ago, and it, and it, showed, the, it showed the Egyptians building, building the pyramids. And uh, and uh, and they they have these great big logs, you know, and they're and they're they're moving all these massive stones around. It's all pictured in cartoon, and they're talking back and forth. It says, "Well, at least people will be amazed at what what we've done." And then it shows a picture in the future of someone looking at the pyramid and says, "Aliens built this." And and uh, <laughs> and uh, here God here God goes through. You know, He does all this for them. They say, "Look what we've done," you know, and uh, what an amazing thing. And, uh, uh, and so God says, Behold, I'll raise up uh, you a nation, O house of Israel, saith the Lord, the God of hosts, and they shall afflict you from the entering in of Hamath. Yes, that place that I gave you victory over, uh, that you're claiming now, uh, onto the river of the wilderness, or uh, the, the, the Kedron uh, River flowing into the, uh, the Salt Sea, their southern border. Uh, so he had recently allowed that, Rather than give God the glory, they claimed it for themselves. And he says, don't glory in your required recent city because that's where the enemy is going to come through, the entering of, of Hamad. They're going to come down through there. They're going to take, o take over uh, even, to your, even to your southern border uh, since they have been rejecting him uh, uh, for, for this long. And now in, verse, in chapter 7 and following, Amos has... Uh, declared plainly some things regarding the nations around them, uh, judgments coming to them uh, for their uh, uh, treatment of others and such in Israel. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and he's declared to, uh, to Judah uh, their uh, sins briefly and then, and then focusing on Israel. And now he's going to see some visions uh, of judgments that God could bring and, uh, and, uh, uh, and applying this to the same situation. God's going to give him some visions. Amos 7.1 Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me. Uh, and behold, he formed grasshoppers in the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth. And lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowing. So we're talking about uh, visions here. Uh, most that I have read believe they are, they are visions. They have not actually happened. I read a few uh, that believe they actually happened and were carried out and, God, and then God drew back. 
uh, I, I kind of lean toward the idea that their visions they haven't happened, and uh, and uh, we'll look, we'll look into that as, as we go on. But he so he sees these visions. He sees the grass the grasshoppers or locusts in the beginning of the shooting of the latter growth, and lo, it was the latter growth uh, after the king's mowing. So uh, some historians tell us that at this time the, the king uh, of, nor of the northern kingdom was requiring one-third of their income. And uh, so, the, so the first uh, mowings of the grass that would come up uh, would go to the king and for his, uh, for his use. And so he'd already got, so, so in the vision, uh, in, in the vision that Amos sees, he'd already collected that. And now it's, it's, the, it's going to be the, the second crop coming up, but what? The locusts come, and if now so so if the locusts eat the second crop, they've already given the first crop uh, uh, to the king. Then Israel is truly going to be destitute, and uh, it's going to be a great uh, and a hard thing. And so, seeing this in the vision and realizing what that would mean, uh, Amos uh, pleads uh, uh, pleads uh, to God uh, for uh, for Israel, uh, and he says. Uh, uh, and it came to pass, uh, verse 2, when they made an end of eating the grass of the land, then, then I said, O Lord God, forgive, I beseech thee, by whom shall Jacob arise, for he is small. <laughs> if the king's taken our first crop, and now the locusts eat all the second, truly we're going to be desolate. O God, please, please don't do that. He, 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 he steps in as an intercessor. And, uh, and so uh, uh, what, what, what a beloved uh, uh, privilege, amen, to intercede uh, for others. The prophet's heart is moved with compassion for Israel. He asks God to consider Israel's frailty uh, in this vision. And I, and I believe that these visions, God is, is showing Amos ways in which he could judge Israel. And frankly, I think that had not Amos interceded, ways in which he would have judged Israel. And, uh, uh, but Amos intercedes. Verse 3, and the Lord, the Lord repented of this. It shall not be, saith the Lord. God shows a vision. Amos sees it happening in the vision. Oh, what a what, dread, people. Start, the famine is going to follow this. And, and, and he pleads, oh God, and God, and God repents of it. Could it happen? My, my, the prophet has interceded. Amos pleads for mercy, interceding for his people. God forbears to send uh, that judgment. Uh, not that God changed his mind. God is acting according to his character. Uh, he, often, he, has a, he has that prerogative uh, to be merciful and not give us what we deserve. And we can all thank God for that. Amen. Uh, uh, and so uh, the Lord repented of this. It shall not be, saith the Lord. And uh, we see this in God's character, how he's watching for intercessors, isn't he? Uh, when Ezekiel was taken away captive into Babylon and such, uh, uh, he uh, spoke of, uh, is, uh, of Judah. Uh, he wanted those in the, in, in the land who were left in the land to turn back to God and such. And he was kind of a witness to those that were in captivity with him in Babylon as to the reasons why they were there and such. And uh, in Ezekiel chapter 18, he talks about the wicked doing uh, right or doing wrong, but then repenting and doing right, the right, doing right, but then repent, but then changing and doing wrong. And he's talking about that, the, those in, in those verses in, in those passages there, Ezekiel 18. And he says this in Ezekiel 18, 27. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, 
he shall save his soul alive because he can because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed he shall surely he shall surely live he shall not die and then Ezekiel 33 8, uh, 33 18 when the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniquity he shall even die thereby brother Austin would you get me a glass of water please my mouth just dried up like a Sahara for some reason um Thank you. So he's he's talking about these uh, these uh, if 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 they're doing wicked, uh, I'm going to judge them. But they but they turn and do right, they repent. Okay, then he's not going to die. He'll live. They're doing right, and, and and so and so they're living. But now they they turn into evil. Ezekiel's talking about that. Thank you, brother. So they're going to die now. Some have taken those passages in Ezekiel to say you can lose your salvation. We have to be careful. In the context, God had been very clear what he required of Judah. They were to surrender to the king of Babylon and live. That was the whole thing. What was the whole duty of Judah while they were still holed up there? Ezekiel was, had gone in, into captivity. Some were still at Judah. What was their whole thing? Give in to the king of Babylon and go and you will what? Live physically. You'll save your physical life. Don't give in to the king of Babylon and what? You will die. That's it. You are, you're, you're, beat. You're, you're, you're going to die. And so I think that's what Ezekiel is talking about there. He says, God's showing you what to do. You do that, you'll live. <laughs> you, you, well, we'll give in. No, we won't. We won't give in to, we won't, we won't give in to, to Babylon. Okay, then you'll die. <laughs> Okay, we won't get into the battle. Okay, then you'll live. <laughs> and uh, you see that? The whole thing was about what God was doing with him in that situation there. And, uh, and so uh, he, was, he was wanting them to give in and to go to Babylon uh, willingly, and God would, would, would continue his mercies uh, there with them. And uh, those who obeyed uh, would experience that. Those who ultimately obeyed would experience that. Those who ultimately turned against it would die. Didn't matter how many times they flip-flopped back and forth uh, regarding, regarding that decision. So we see God's nature in that. And we're, we're thankful uh, that, uh, that Amos intercedes uh, for Israel uh, as he sees this vision. You can't help but, uh, but think of James chapter 5 and verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? Availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly it might not rain, and it rained not on earth by the space of three years and six months. He earnestly prayed for judgment, and it came. Uh, and then again, what? He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. He earnestly prayed for mercy, and it came. He was, he was God's man inter interceding, and praised God for that. This is what Amos did here. Amos stood in the gap. Uh, we read about that. Ezekiel uh, said, uh, God speak, speaking through Ezekiel, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And, uh, well, thank God uh, he found Amos here. Amen. And Amos stands in between, in between uh, uh, God and what Israel rightly deserves. 
and it, these judgments at least are are considered and then put off. Amos is shown here's here's what I here's what I could rightly do, Amos, uh, and and he plea and then so God God relents uh, of that, and uh, and so we're, we're thankful for that. Uh, I, I believe that if Amos didn't pray, uh, those things uh, would have happened, and God would have judged them in in, uh, in that way. Amos continues the, the visions here. Thus hath the Lord showed me, verse 4, And behold, the Lord God called to contend by fire, and it devoured the great deep, and deep did it up apart. So now Amos sees that perhaps God, God shows him that I can send judgment by fire. Likely uh, the judgment that would follow a drought, uh, uh, a, a famine and such, and, and a drought that would burn up uh, those things and, and uh, uh, burn, burn up the land. And uh, a great conf a great conflagration after they uh, a locust uh, 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 you know uh, crops are eaten or after a, or during a drought uh, even if you don't have the locust a great fire during a drought can do more damage than the locust uh, why uh, well the locust of course would eat all, everything that's above the ground but what does the fire do it 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 destroys with the heat what that which is under the ground does it not and uh, and so it does that and uh, it would destroy the thing down to the root the crops uh, this this great fire and so uh, so we see that 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 burning uh, in, in the depth uh, down even down to the roots of the crop uh, I remember uh, my, I talked with my neighbor about letting me burn some of my brush on his property because he owns all the forest. We just get to look at it. And uh, but he has a place where he burns the brush on it. And I, I tried it in my yard one time, and I, it was a long time before that grass. Could, it killed the roots of the grass. And, uh, and so uh, we had to, I had to fix that up and, uh, because of the heat of it. And, uh, uh, and Job kind of referred to that to this this uh, this fact. Uh, he was in, in Job chapter thirty one. He was speaking of the wickedness of of entertaining adulterous thoughts, and he said this: "For this is an heinous crime; yea, it is an iniquity to be punished by the judges. For it is a fire that consumeth to destruction, and would root out all mine increase." <laughs> Uh, not only take the increase away, but root it out. Uh, so now, so now it, it, it's not going to come back, and it's not going to be like it was. And so he referred to that destroying power uh, of, of a fire in that way. Uh, and so uh, uh, what, what happens? Again, Amos steps in, verse 5. Then said I, O Lord, cease, I beseech thee, by whom shall Jacob arise, for he is small? He cries out for repentance again, pondering this. Uh, and the Lord repented for this. This also shall not be, saith the Lord God. Well, there's two. There's two that could have come, and God's merciful again. Uh, and then uh, verse uh, 7. Uh, Thus uh, he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. Obviously, uh, talking about uh, uh, measuring a wall, that's making sure that it's level, square, plumb, all that. And, uh, but it's interesting to note, to note in the scriptures that a plumb line is used not only in building, it's used also in destruction. 
Uh, and uh, we see that in, uh, in 2 Kings in multiple places, but 2 Kings 21, 13, God is talking about judging uh, uh, Jerusalem. Uh, and he says, and I will stretch over Jerusalem the line of Samaria uh, and the plummet of the house of Ahab. Uh, and I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipe with a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Uh, and so he associates the plummet also with, with destruction. Uh, and uh, Isaiah did that, is, did that as well. Uh, speaking about judgment to come on Zion, God through Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone and precious stone. A sure foundation, he that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. So I'm associated with judgment, judgment, and, uh, and righteousness. And, uh, and uh, uh, in Lamentations, Jeremiah, of course, he saw the, the sad destruction of Jerusalem, even to the starving to death of of, of mothers and children and such, the awful things that he saw and uh, lamentations. Uh, uh, Jeremiah writes, The Lord hath purposed to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. He has stretched out a line and, uh, and he's going to destroy it. You know, I, I thought about that, th th about God's calcu calculated uh, uh, destruction. And, uh, uh, you know, when you, uh, when you uh, implode a building, it takes an engineer to build a building. But it also takes an engineer to implode a building, doesn't it? <laughs> you got to know how to blow it up, and uh, and, and that also that also takes uh, the, the the engineer. And so we we think about that. Uh, what, what's it saying here? God's wrath is dealt out in measured righteousness. Uh, it is measured out by the most exact rules of justice. <laughs> Remember a little while ago, Brother Chris uh, teaching on, in Daniel uh, and uh, and, Bel and and uh, Belteshazzar and, and uh, Daniel, who is Belteshazzar, and, and uh, but uh, he says, uh, who is he speaking to there? Somebody, who's, who was the king? Belshazzar, Belshazzar because Daniel's Belteshazzar. Yeah, Bel yeah, Belshazzar, and he says, uh, he says, uh, thou art what? weighed in the balances and found wanting. See, God was going to bring the exact judgment that was required on Belshazzar for that moment. He, he's, he, he, he is wonderful in his mercy, and he is exact and just in his justice. And he will be that way with Israel. Uh, he'll, he, he's, he's pulled out the measuring line. And, uh, and look what he tells him at the end of verse 8 there. I will not again pass by them anymore. I passed by them with the locusts uh, for you, Amos. I passed by them uh, with the fire uh, for you, Amos. This one's not going away. This one's not going away. And uh, this is what I've deemed justice. Uh, and uh, yeah, it'll be a little bit later, perhaps, than the, than the locusts and the fire would have been, but it's going to come. It's, I've determined it's going to come in my time, is what he's saying there. And he goes on, uh, And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel, their idolatrous places, shall be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam uh, with the sword. Jeroboam II there, of course, is the one who's reigning. By the way, he says, I'll rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. That was fulfilled in, in 2 Kings chapter 15. 
15 and verse 8, later on in years, the Bible tells us, In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, did Zechariah, Azariah, of course, is uh, Uzziah, in the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, did Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reign over Israel in Samaria six months. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. So this is a son down the line of Jeroboam II, come from, coming from that line. Uh, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebet, that's Jeremiah I, or, or Jeroboam I, who made Israel to sin. And Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and smote him before the people and slew him and reigned in his stead. So, uh, so uh, that last person of the line of Jeroboam II was slain and another reigned in his stead. So that, that came to pass as God had, had said it would. He would send the sword against the house uh, of, uh, of Jeroboam. And now uh, a false prophet uh, is going to step in and begin to condemn uh, Amos for what he's saying. Verse 10. And Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, yeah, that's the calves and such, uh, uh, sent, to Jer sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel, and the land is not able to bear all his words. For thus, for thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword. He didn't say that. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive of their own land. Like it how the false prophets mix truth with error. And uh, he said it, the sword would come against the house of Jeroboam. He didn't say Jer the king that he's talking to face face will die, die by the sword. But the false prophets, what? He's trying to use it for his purpose. He wants to get the king against, uh, against Amos. And so he tells them, uh, oh, by the way, he said you're going to die uh, by the sword. And uh, uh, that's what Amos said. And uh, verse 12, also, uh, also Amos, Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, go flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there. Get out of it. We, we looked at this earlier. We, we, we learned where he was preaching and teaching these things. And, and we saw their response to it. They don't want to receive God's message. Uh, flee away. Go into the land of Judah. And there eat bread and prophesy there. Prophesy not again anymore at Bethel. For it is the king's chapel and it's the king's court. So he was uh, staying there and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and spending that time there. The king was. So we see that place where he's been preaching and and uh, no doubt when he had first started preaching the things he was preaching there, they liked that, you know. All oh, these heathen nations around us, <laughs> they're going to get it. Uh, yeah, we remember how they treated us in the past and such. Remember, we looked at each one and how uh, different places in the past that they it could be referring to various instances, but God was very specific again in his judgments, pouring out, pouring out his judgments. He knew, God knew why he was doing it and when he was going to do it, okay. And... Uh, uh, so they liked those messages at first, and perhaps they even liked when Amos spent a little while uh, on Judah there at the beginning of chapter 2. But when he began after that, uh, preaching on Israel's sins, they didn't like that too much. And, uh, and so now they want to they remove him, and, uh, and, uh, and, and they want to send him back uh, to, uh, uh, to Judah. So Amaziah obviously is an idolatrous priest of Bethel. He's not of the priest associated with the temple worship in Jerusalem. And, uh, and so he, he, uh, he, uh, he 
lets the, gives, gives the king this twisted message of Amos's words uh, so that he can, uh, uh, he can stir up the king uh, against, against Amos. And uh, uh, I think about uh, Peter talking about Paul, how that the, the wicked would twist his words. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and all those do that, you know, that go to destruction, they twist the words. Those that uh, have set themselves against God uh, they'll, they'll lie and they'll, they'll take words that you have said and, you, and use them against you. Uh, beware when you're witnessing, when somebody begins to ask you questions, they maybe seem a little, little perturbed, uh, and all they want to do is ask questions. You answer one question, they ask another. You answer, they ask another. They're not looking for answers, okay? Uh, they're just trying to get something on you. Uh, they're trying to find out something uh, that, that they, they can hold against you. And, uh, uh, you know, when they don't, I mean, you, they ask one question, you answer it, and they don't even ponder for a second acknowledging, oh, well, that was a help. <laughs> well, well, praise God, I didn't know that. You know, they go right on to the next because they didn't get you with that one, you see. And uh, that's why we, we have to have that wisdom in the people that we're dealing with, that spiritual discernment, uh, trusting God to direct us. Uh, we are not to what? Cast our pearls before swine. Uh, Brother Chris was talking about the difference in the way that, uh, Daniel, that Daniel handled Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was at least kind of, you know, at, at least acknowledging, you know, God as, as, as a great God, though he obviously was still polytheistic. Belshazzar, he was what? He was taking the vessels of the temple and basically saying, look what we've done to your God. And they're drinking all and having their drunken party uh, you, with the vessels of God. So that was a different attitude, a different spirit. And Daniel dealt with him in a different way. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, he died that night. Uh, when the, the battle came right in, you know, right in on him. And uh, what an amazing thing. Uh, verse 14. Uh, uh, then then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. So what does Amos do? He listens to that lion and, and uh, addresses this uh, confrontation with a false prophet, and, and he basically confesses his humble circumstances. <laughs> you know, I wasn't even a prophet. I was a shepherd minding my own business. <laughs> but you know what? Amos doesn't stop there. Oh, well, gee, well, maybe I was wrong. No, he does. He does confess his humble circumstances. But now in the next verse, well, and by the way, if, if you got saved, most people that get saved are in some, in some sense in a humble circumstance. What does the Bible tell us in 1 Corinthians, 20, uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 1, 26? You see your calling, brethren, those that are saved, uh, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world uh, to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. And things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. <laughs> but of him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You see, salvation is put forth as we have nothing to offer for it. It is only a gift and it can only be received. That doesn't fit well for people who want to hang on to pride. But when we realize the truth of ourselves that that is what we need and we can't receive it, we can't earn it by any of our good works, 
and we receive that's that's indeed a humility isn't it and then we receive that and uh, and, and 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 we are saved so he confesses his humble circumstances but amos doesn't stop there he confirms his holy calling look at verse 15 this is all i was and the lord took me as i followed the flock the lord took me as i followed the flock and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Hey, that's all he needs. Amen. <laughs> that's all he needs. Remember what, uh, uh, remember what God said in effect to Gideon? Have not I spoken? Have not I said unto Who am I? I'm, uh, our, ours is the weakest tribe in Israel, and I'm the weakest one in, in, in our tribe. You know, God says, I've spoken to you. <laughs> that's enough. That's all you need. I told you what to do. And, uh, and so Amos is saying the same thing here. Uh, but God's, I was hum, in hum, humble circumstances, but God spoke to me. And now what's he doing? He is faithfully preaching. I love it. What God, he's just going and saying what God told him to say. Amen. And uh, remember what God told, Jerry, told uh, uh, Ezekiel, it was Ezekiel too. He was going to give him a forehead of brass. And Jeremiah, I think it was too. Yeah, they're they're going to come against you. They're going to attack you. But you stay with me. You'll be all right, and uh, and uh, and and I'll be with you. So he he confirms his holy calling, and then what's he do? Verse sixteen and seventeen, and we'll be done for tonight. Uh, he condemns with a hard captivity. He condemns with a hard captivity. God through Amos, verse sixteen and seventeen. Now therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Thou sayest, prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus saith the Lord. Thy wife shall be an harlot in the city. Picture of a woman destitute. Her husband is now dead. She's got to do something to make a living. Uh, thy wife shall be an harlot in the city. And thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword. And thy land shall be divided by line. There it is again. Uh, and thou shalt die in a polluted land. And Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. And uh, so God says, this great judgment is going to come upon you. And by the way, I, I didn't, there wasn't anything condescending in that reference to the women. In those days, they didn't have their professions and stuff and the skills and stuff that, that, that women have today. And so, so many times they were left uh, utterly destitute when the husband died. And, uh, and, uh, and that was the case in many times. But uh, Amos now ends the chapter, uh, uh, chapter uh, uh, 7 here boldly uh, condemning them uh, for their rejection of God uh, and uh, that judgment that is going to come just as he said it would. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and blessings. I thank you for Amos and so many others who have stood in the gap. And, uh, and God, you don't, you don't spring surprise judgments upon us. Uh, Lord, you make it known through your word and through your prophets. You have told us what judgments are to come. And, uh, and, and Lord, we can come to you uh, and be delivered from whatever, whatever judgment may, may apply to our situation, God. And uh, there's deliverance in Christ. And Father, I thank you for that. And, and there's deliverance from many heartaches of life if we will follow your word. Uh, there are temporal judgments that we can avoid well as well by walking with you and, and following your word. Uh, and dear God, there are, there are so many struggles and heartaches in this fallen world and we will go through many of them father but there are some chastings father that we don't have to have uh, there are chastings that would come for our disobedience 
And dear God, uh, you would rather uh, be doing something else in our life at that time. But you will do uh, what is needed for us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. And I pray you give us wisdom and grace and, 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 and resolve, Father, to follow thee in these things and to be faithful like Amos. Uh, though we have no credentials of our own, uh, we have uh, uh, been born again. And being born again, we are now the called in Christ. And we are called, dear God, to be uh, lights and to be salt uh, for you in this world uh, and to speak of the judgments that are to come, but also, uh, and especially in our day, the mercy that is available through Christ. And Father, help us to be faithful in these things. And Lord, we do pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.